0: With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Cracking the code on how you can optimize, personalize, and monetize your app marketing and mobile growth efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence, hosted by Peggy Ann Saltz. Peggy, a top 30 mobile marketing influencer, nine-time author, and content strategist, brings you her pick of tech, trends, guests, and cool stuff to help you drive growth and create deep connections with your customers. Now, prepare to get motivated and activated with our host.
0: Hey, hello, and welcome to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Saltz, with Mobile Groove, where I plan, produce, and promote content that allows my clients to reach their performance goals and scale growth. And of course, growth is what it's all about here at Mobile Presence because this is where we get the inside track from UA experts, at marketing ninjas. Experts who know how to move the needle on mobile growth because that is what they do as a daily job. And it's success that has earned them the title of mobile hero as chosen by Liftoff, a full-service mobile app marketing and retargeting platform. And this is what we do, as I said, every two weeks. So if you get the chance and do take it, you can check back in our old shows and look at all of the mobile heroes we've interviewed up to this point and also the one we're going to have today. So we have as our guest today, Julia Wu. She is Senior Digital Marketing. Marketing Manager at American Well. And um, the topic with Julia, I'm excited because it's about doing that thing. We all hear at the conferences and at the events, what we need to be doing, breaking down those silos. You know, you have digital marketers here, app marketers there you have your growth marketers ua retention um and also product i mean it's all separate and it's the idea of bringing them all together and that's what julia's done over at american well and i'm going to bring her on right now to tell us how we did it so julia welcome to mobile presence you for taking the time from new york i believe or is it or is it boston okay.
2: Or based in Boston, but thank you so much for having me.
0: Okay, so you're East Coast. You're making it for our show. And uh, so tell me about yourself and American Well. Let's just start off with American Well because that's a healthcare app and we're here at Mobile Presence. We're usually into marketing. It's a different type of marketing. And I'd like to hear about what you do at American Well.
2: Absolutely. Uh, So currently, I lead Paid Social uh, as part of the performance team at American Well. Um, And what's really special about American Well is that we have two major lines of business. So one line is that we are a direct-to-consumer app company. Uh, We have an app called American Well, which is one of the biggest telehealth apps in the marketplace. Um, The other half is we are a a B2B platform. So our customers, some of the biggest names in healthcare, are white-labeling our app. Um, So this lives under the presence of um, Live Health Online, which is run by Anthem, an insurance company, um, as well as uh, we work with some of the biggest hospital systems in the country, like Cleveland Clinic. Um, And what's really cool is that we get to take some of the best learnings from um, our consumer app, uh, Amwell, and leverage our background in retail and non-healthcare and apply that for our clients.
0: And um, great segue. Couldn't hope for a better one because that's <laughs> background about the app. Let's hear some background about yourself because you started out in retail, you know, which is a little different from uh, healthcare, but both in, both in the sense that you have a value proposition, you want to get across to the user, get across to the consumer. Tell me about your background and what you've brought with you to American Well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I started my career in brick and mortar retail um, right at the kind of the beginning of the e-commerce revolution that's taken place and realized that I really wanted to pivot into the digital space. And the first job I landed was uh, in digital marketing um, and did two very different things did affiliate marketing um, and mobile app marketing, um, and definitely gravitated towards the uh, mobile app marketing space. Um, and kind of at the cusp of that, um, transitioned into another role as I explored the world between um, growth marketing and product um, and at American Wealth and chose to pursue my passions in uh, performance marketing um, and growth marketing. So uh, what's been really great about having experience in different industries like retail, as well as um, health and fitness and consumer fitness, is we are, um, I'm able to do two major things, right? One is uh, really focus in on a consumer-centric uh, mindset. So what are the user problems that we're trying to solve and how do we translate that into a marketing message, uh, especially in the landscape of healthcare, how to make that feel comfortable, um, but also try to solve some of the biggest problems that the users have. And then secondly, is there are some tried and true tactics that we use in retail, as well as uh, health and fitness apps, like event-based retargeting, and how again, how do we adapt that for the healthcare landscape while being really protective uh, about personal healthcare information?
0: well that was exactly my next question because as a layman i'm thinking okay um you know it's very much it's very similar in the sense that you're engaging with consumers, with users through the app, but this is healthcare, and that's you know super important to respect personal privacy because although you can maybe in marketing get away with something like oh I just saw you looking at that dress or those shoes over there and here you are again and here you are again you know you don't like the idea that your that your healthcare uh, questions and concerns are showing up everywhere but at the same time you have to do tracking uh, you know retargeting targeting let's talk about some of those differences I mean how do you balance this?
2: Yeah, so uh, for all of us, GDPR has a tough one. I know, I know, Julie, <laughs> I'm
0: putting you on the spot. I'm asking you the question, like, how do you answer, how do you solve everything? But no, seriously, there must be a few, you know, rules of thumb to follow here.
2: Yeah, I think um, no, this is a really great question and something that we, we've worked through, uh, I think, really well at American Well, um, as I was mentioning earlier, uh, GDPR just happened and before the GDPR we were under uh, the rules and regulations of HIPAA right which protects uh, user health privacy and information here in the United States. Um, so we, we've been uh, operating under some uh, very aggressive uh, measures for uh, quite some time um, so we've established a set of pretty great best practices. So um, one of the most important things that we do at American Well beyond anything is to provide a secure platform for our users. Um, And basically what we have done is created a a trifecta of partnerships um, at our company. So uh, first and foremost is education within our performance team, right? What is okay? What is not okay? What are the privacy guidelines outlined by HIPAA? And how can we be constantly cognizant of that as we go out and le- um, seek tools and leverage our tools uh, secondarily is we lean into our technology partners uh, to be equally compliant so we work with partners like liftoff like two um, who recognize that we are working in the sensitive space um, which operates under hipaa regulation and they're willing to work and adapt with us uh, in this space and then lastly, is we're working with our internal security and platforms teams um, to execute marketing to their privacy standards. So if they are protecting um, user information in a specific way, we are obligated to do the same. Um, so the trifecta of having education internally, having partners that's will, who are willing to work with us, and then having almost an independent or internal third party who's auditing our um, activities allows us to operate in this uh, very secure space.
0: I'm just wondering at a high level, because you know I've been in the app industry also for a while, wrote a few books about app marketing, and it, you know it all started out with the idea of the post-install event, um, this approach to tracking comes to us from very different app genre. It comes mostly from games, and then it comes primarily from retail because you know they were looking at the at that post install event that you track to that you optimize to. What are the post install events you would optimize to in a healthcare app?
2: Yeah, so we are uh, optimizing to kind of a a similar funnel, right? We're looking for the user uh, to register, uh, which we call enrollment in this space, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, uh, in addition to that is visits. So having a visit with a provider, but of course, that's super sensitive information. So how do we do that um, from a very thoughtful perspective? Um, And in that regard, that's where it uh, differs pretty dramatically from the retail space, from the gaming space, um, is that we have to be extremely generic about our messaging, right? Um, It's more about Leveraging and tapping into seasonality and behaviors and trends of the whole population rather than the individual. So uh, right now, I just took an allergy pill because it's, it's very sniffly here um, in, on the East Coast. So uh, let's message. Let's message with uh, allergy care, right? Get a prescription for allergy care to our users and leverage that as retargeting. When it gets into flu season, let's message with uh, flu care. But it will never be specific at the user level.
0: So I get it. So what you're doing, you know, you're looking at the seasons makes perfect sense. So I guess, you know, um, winter is the cold and flu season. So that's an important change in seasons to address that you can address with uh, marketing and uh, being useful. And, And that's the point really of marketing is to be useful. How do you do that in your marketing?
2: Yeah, as much as I I want to leverage the tools that we have historically leveraged for for retail, right? When you browse a product, we can just show you a similar type of product over and over again. We have to be really protective of our user information. This is where we really lean into our partnership uh, with product uh, to help provide qualitative information. So uh, they help uh, develop personas um, for us, and from mm-hmm. there we can start developing. It really interesting, compelling marketing messages. So there's two very specific personas um, that we've been going after. Uh, one is young moms. So the value prop for them is very obvious. Um, it might be the middle of the night, um, it might be their first child, they're not certain if they need to go to the ER or not. Um, so they can really just whip out their phone and have a telehealth visit with a doctor, um, which is Very incredible. And I think it's also really compelling from a marketing standpoint because this is happening in the middle of the night when some of the ad inventory from a day perspective is fairly cheap. Um, And then the second persona, uh, which we've learned from, is to a certain extent uh, individuals with chronic illnesses uh, who are uh, far away from their healthcare uh, provider. And what this looks like is someone who has to go to a doctor fairly frequently for uh, their checkup, but then they need to drive or it's really inconvenient for them to get to a provider. Um, And for that, we can geotarget individuals in more rural areas or distances away from a healthcare facility and leverage that uh, from a marketing perspective. So we're constantly using different types of tools and working with different teams to help overcome um, some of these tried and true uh, tool sets that exist uh, in the marketing space.
0: Well, you know we're hearing from you how we can bring people together with the right care at the right time and when we get back from the break we're going to talk about how we can bring the departments together you know how do you combine product and marketing to make for an amazing and especially you know appropriate user journey so listeners don't go away we'll be right back with Julia right after the break
1: mobile presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So, yes, my body hurts, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life.
3: Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your
1: game. (laughs) Oh, Archibello!
3: Learn more at brainhealth.gov.
1: TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on webmasterradio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz.
0: And we are back. Welcome back to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz, with Mobile Groove. And our guest today, Julia Wu, she is senior. Digital Marketing Manager at American Well. Julia, right before the break, we were talking about, you know, how you use the right personas to make certain, you know, it's that right message, right audience, right time that is appropriate and something they'll appreciate because this is, of course, healthcare. Now, that's one point of what you do, but you've also matched that by bringing all of these disparate departments together internally. I mean, where did the idea come from? We complain about always, you know, tearing down those sides. But you've actually done it. So something must have happened somewhere along the way.
2: Yeah. So I think there are two major triggers right, that helps um, bring a team together. Uh, I think one is uh, finding a point or a challenge uh, where it's a shared point of challenge. So um, historically, that's been analytics and data. For us um, across product, across data analytics, and across marketing, Um, we were all using different tool sets. Um, The different tool sets were being updated at asynchronous times. Uh, So when we were looking at performance, we were all reporting on different performance. One team is saying we're doing great, another team is saying, hey, we're not going to achieve our goals. Um, And this, of course, gets the attention of leadership uh, because when you have Uh, completely misaligned teams uh, working towards, to a certain extent, different performance and different goals, uh, something needs to be done. So uh, it happened because we, to a certain extent, as a company, weren't super clear on whether or not we were achieving our goals. Um, So we needed to come together and resolve that.
0: And that's an interesting point, because that's probably happening. Um, at a lot of companies, I talked to a lot of agencies, app marketers, you know, and um, reporting has to be uh, as, as close to real time as you can get it. And some companies are still waiting like a week for the report, right? So obviously, if you're not aligned, even in this sense, you can't be working toward the same goal. So what actually do you do or what did you do after you realize and say, hey, you know, we're not in sync here. Um, we have to be on the same page. How do you go about that? I think the
2: first step is is work cross-functionally to make sure that we have a uh, a, a single KPI or a single goal that we as a team are working towards um, and are aligned on the definition of that, right? Uh, if we're working towards a customer lifetime value number, uh What is the actual definition, the calculation that is going behind the customer lifetime value? And does uh, the internal data team, does marketing team, does product team uh, align with that? Um, Is this something that leadership can be bought in? Uh, I think secondarily is we have to uh, develop a framework right, and uh, have accountability and ownership across all three of these teams for uh, this infrastructure and for the application of this infrastructure so it's not only doing the first step of going back and cleaning up everything but it's also the ongoing maintenance of our analytics infrastructure
0: and you personally i mean is this an effort that i'm just curious because you know a lot of people want to be doing this this is so critical in um at marketing you know have product and marketing together because what i'm also hearing is that there needs to be a place? it needs to be a way to funnel it back because what you're finding out in marketing, um, you're telling them, and they can pr- they can you know improve the product, improve the app, improve the mar- the user journey, and it's the other way around as well. They might be seeing that you know something is happening um, in a certain part of the process that is maybe something you can uh, encourage through better marketing. At that particular point, you know, in the journey at that stage, how does that work? How do you make certain that you're not just working together, but you're talking together?
2: Yeah, I think that's a really great point. Um, I think uh, what I mentioned earlier, it goes back to our goals, right? If we had shared goals, fundamentally, our tool sets are fairly similar. We're diving into... uh, the same analytics infrastructure, and then looking at different points. And from those, we can tease out uh, different learning. So uh, one of the things that I worked on um, at my previous company with my product team was we were able to increase our subscription revenue by about 10% year over year. And how we did that was uh, through a few different ways. One was um, by improving top of the funnel. We were able to double our click-through rate uh, because my product team funneled up that, hey, you're... Not really surfacing uh, user problems, right? In your uh, creative messaging. Let's test that. Um, And then by uh, recalibrating our creative to showcase, hey, here are the problems we can solve for you. That was a tremendous positive impact to our click through rate. And that had no negative impact on our uh, lower funnel user behavior. And then um, secondarily is uh, by looking at our funnel together um, and as marketers, right, I'm um, constantly looking at how is a specific channel performing? Um, where is the specific drop-off happening? Is it because of my messaging? Um, well, that helped identify a gap in our overall user funnel and come up with hypotheses for A-B testing in our registration flow, um, which helped improve our revenue that, to that 10% year-over-year number.
0: That's pretty incredible, because I mean that's that's a ten percent year on year, but you know think about the size of your company and your operations and how you know how how the breadth of what you offer, and that's that's significant. Is there something you can share about the thinking that goes into the the testing? I'm just curious because you know it's the type of um, advertising and messaging where you want to be very appropriate. You want to be very helpful and even to some extent, you know, show that you really care. And that's something different from just effective marketing. That is, you know, empathetic marketing. Is there something that goes into the mix to say, you know, this creative, uh, we're with you on this. We're here for you.
2: Yeah. So I think uh, that's a really great question. Um, I think from our perspective, uh, what we have to do is again, right, um, as I alluded to earlier, um, is l- really leverage and lean into the qualitative research and validate it uh, quantitatively. So we are taking these personas, taking these problems that our product team is helping present us, uh, applying our also our marketing hypothesis and market research on top of it, and then going through and doing systematic testing on, hey, does this resonate with the user? And then uh, looking into the funnel and seeing and identifying if there's any specific drop-off That's happening Mm -hmm. because if the message is inappropriate or incorrect, we'll we'll see that pretty immediately, right? We'll see it at whether or not they'll actually download and open the app. We'll see it at whether or not they will um, enroll, or most importantly, will they visit? If there's a specific point um, we're seeing a drop off. We can actually have those users and have the product team go in and find those users, have a conversation with them, and tease out additional qualitative information to help us pinpoint what message is working and what message is not.
0: What I love about creatives, especially at conferences I'm attending, you know, it's almost like a game show. Which one do you think won? You know, and we raise (laughs) our hands, and we're always wrong. (laughs) It's it's like, don't put me in UA in UA testing. It would just not, uh, would just not work. But I'm curious if you had any. Any surprises along the way, um, or even for that matter, um, you know, how many Plan Bs you might even have in your back pocket because you know it's A/B testing. But if if um, there's many cases where you know you have to change really really quickly, and you sort of want to have like half of your other uh, potential creative already finished, so you sort of have like more and more Plan Bs in your back pocket. I'm just curious how you approach that, and if you've been surprised by what you've seen.
2: Uh, there are always surprises. Every day is a surprise in this business, which I love. Um, I think what it boils down to is that in A-B testing, we have to constantly A-B test. So never be a persistent winner because when something works well, you um, for a duration of time you will we will inevitably hit creative fatigue uh the market will change for our business the seasons will change right something that will work really well in the winter will stop working the second the sun comes out so we have to constantly have plan b's but it's not plan b's it's constantly that our plan b's are becoming um our control group and we're constantly testing against it um and again my assumptions have uh been challenged again and again um, we assumed that um, some for some uh, for some of the time that um, young moms the messaging would only work at night because that was what we saw performance um, so we started pulling back from that but a few months later um, uh, during qualitative research uh, our product team started surfacing to us hey, I think telehealth is picking up traction. We're seeing different behavior and messaging from um, our moms and that they're using it from sheer convenience. Uh, Can we try to test uh, the uh, midday day day part again? Um, And that actually started performing for us where uh, a few months ago it wasn't. So this business is constantly uh, constantly changing and that's what I love about it.
0: I mean, that's a great point because that I've also seen a lot of research is that things are also changing because we are using apps more. We accept them as part of our routine. So it might have been that it was the emergency middle of the night. Oh, something's wrong with my baby. And now it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I, during the day they're playing, something's happening. I mean, you use it, you reach to it. And as it becomes more of your routine, um, then you're more open to, uh, you know, different times, different contexts, uh, that sort of thing, which, as you said, makes your life very interesting, your job very exciting. And when we get back from the break, we're going to hear more about, you know, how you do your job, but also some advice on how other app marketers can bring people together, or just generally make things happen in their app using tools and techniques that you're going to tell us about, Julia, no pressure. So listeners, don't go away we'll be right back after the break mobile
1: presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors
3: hi i'm montel williams most of you know me as a talk show host but i'm also an author actor single father of four avid snowboarder and i'm also a medical marijuana patient living with multiple sclerosis i'm in pain every day medical marijuana is my last resort and it helps me when all other drugs have failed If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at MPP.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement.
1: supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on webmasterradio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz.
0: And we're back. Welcome back to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz, with Mobile Groove and our guest today, Julia Wu, Senior Digital Marketing Manager at American Well and a mobile hero, which is why we're having you on the show today. Thanks again, Julia, for taking the time. I really appreciate it.
2: Love being here. It's a great conversation.
0: I'm enjoying it, too, because the other thing I like about this is that, you know, you you are down deep in the weeds. You have done this. So you and your team, you know, you've combined product and marketing. What is the growth stack of this level of collaboration?
2: So I think I'm trying to kind of pound this idea in is first and foremost, um, I think every quote unquote growth team, but really for product and marketing to work well together is um, we have to have shared goals right? We have to be fully aligned on our goals. And completely related to that is uh, we have to be able to measure to our goals in the same way. Um, And that's where the analytics framework comes in. Um, To a certain extent, it doesn't matter which analytics vendor you use or whether or not you decide to build it internally, Um, but really go through the nitty gritty work of defining exactly when and where your events are firing, what does it mean to have a quote-unquote user register or, com- for us, complete a visit, um, and making sure that every single touch point uh, and every single metric that we're reporting out is the same metric, right? And so that we, we can truly make a call, whether we are A-B testing or, at the end of the year, looking back on our work together, um, whether or not we have uh, completed and have been successful. Um, And I think related to that piece um, and to make this analytics piece work is we we could end up with too many cooks in the kitchen, right? If we're all looking at the same things, doing something fairly similar, um, that's definitely happened for me um, is to have a kind of a racy framework, to have a a decision matrix um, where someone is able to just make the call. Maybe it is the the UA marketer who gets to make the call on anything with acquisition. Maybe it is uh, the product Team that gets to make the call with uh, retention, right? Um, having that framework and um, the team aligned in a similar way, and then I think the other piece is uh, communication uh, and tools. Uh, related to that is I think we we started to fall into um, this world of really casual communication, but um, the marketing team and the product team may operate very differently. Um, if we start. Uh, to leverage a communication tool like Slack, let's agree on it. Let's agree on the etiquette of it because sometimes Mm -hmm. really fun, casual conversation happens in Slack, but then really important pieces of information also gets lost in Slack. So uh, what does the communication look like when our teams um, are potentially working in different ways and have different frameworks of uh, team infrastructure and how, how can we align, setting some ground rules there. So again, I think the foundation for success is always one, um, goals, 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 have the same goals, to be able to measure and report on the same, um, towards these goals, and then um, be able to communicate and have a framework for communication to make all of this work
0: that's really helpful because it sounds very basic, but I, you know, I've, I, I'm working with some teams and, you know, unfortunately they've, they've discovered threads. <laughs> so now the threads go off and you go off like into a rabbit hole and never come back. You're in the thread. And then there, I mean, if I'm, I'm so thankful there isn't a thread in the thread, but uh, <laughs> cause then we never get done. I, I'm just also, uh i um, curious, you know, the the, the motivation and, and even maybe the skill set. I mean, you don't necessarily hire per se, but can you say something about what people need to be to be in um, product marketing or in this you know sort of interdisciplinary collaboration? Um, it might not be the skill set that it was before. Have you noticed any changes there?
2: Uh, I think we've, we, to be honest, pivoted really far one way, because um, I think when we we start hiring, and when we I talk to my HR team and recruiting team about uh, what we want in a growth marketer or someone in um, the acquisition role, we end up wanting really analytical people and really analytical marketers. Uh, but I think it's a fundamental uh, balance, right? We are marketers, and we are made more powerful because of our analytical capability. And some of the qualitative components that, um, that I've discussed and have been working on with my product team, I think that's starting to get lost a little bit, right? What is the message to our users? What makes them want to engage with an ad? What makes them want to use our product? Um, and so I think it's a, I'm always looking for people who are a great balance, they have to have a really robust um, analytical background. Uh, but I think they also need to have some great qualitative intuition.
0: And that's a great way to get back to the human touch, which is how do they, our listeners, now stay in touch with you if they want to keep up with you, Julia, what you're doing, maybe what's going on in American Well, maybe even have some questions about how they might want to bring product and marketing together. What's the best way?
2: Uh, email, you can always reach out to me uh, via email at julia.wu at americanwell.com. Um, I'm also pretty active in a lot of the growth Slack groups, whether it's Groco um, or some of the other ones out there. So you can find me, feel free to ping me via Slack. Um, and of course, always LinkedIn.
0: Excellent. And maybe I might get those uh, Slack groups off of you offline and add them in the show notes because I think that would be really valuable for our listeners as well. So that, my friends, is a wrap. Uh, The next weeks, of course, will be jam-packed with more mobile heroes from amazing companies like Julia, so stay tuned. And if you want to read up on Julia or any of the other mobile heroes in the series, then check out their dedicated webpage over at heroes.liftoff. Io. And if you want to keep up with me throughout the week or find out more about how you can be a guest or sponsor on Mobile Presence, then you can email me, Peggy, at Mobile Groove. Mobile Groove is also where you will find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services. So until next time, remember, every minute is mobile, so make every minute count. We'll see you soon.
3: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.
1: This is the story of the WAD. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine,